Hello and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Hody Nemus, a third-year rabbinical student at YCT Rabbinical School. And I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT. In each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah portion of the week. Today, we're in Parshat Akev, and that's Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 12, through chapter 11, verse 25. And our theme today is, what is more effective, love or fear? We're going to use a very prosaic vignette to illustrate a local experience of this issue in parenting. So our fictional vignette features a couple, Jack and Shuley, who have three kids, Noah, age 12, Ruthie, age 10, and Gideon, age 7. Jack and Shuley are thoughtful parents and want to instill a sense of right and wrong, as well as a sense of reverence and appreciation for God and Jewish heritage in their kids. For example, Jack and Shuley started saying brachot, blessings, over food with their children when they were toddlers. They emphasize principles of gratitude, that saying please and thank you is basic. However, this last Shabbat, lunch started a little later than usual, the kids were hungry, they kind of ran into the dining room, grabbed the challah before washing and making mozi, and just started shoving challah in their mouths. Shuli and Jack felt so disappointed. They have based their parenting style on positive psychology, wanting their children to make choices and do actions based on doing the right thing because it's the right thing. But sometimes they wonder if kids need a dose of fear of potentially bad immediate consequences to take religious life and a sense of religious obligation seriously. And indeed, our Parsha is all about consequences. The consequences of obeying or disobeying God. Akev, that word actually means in consequence of, following from, because of. There are consequences. That's how the Torah portion opens. And that's a major, major theme of the Parsha. We hear about the consequences of the sin of the spies, 40 years in the desert. And in fact, the Parsha actually says that God disciplined us as a man disciplines his child. Uh, We receive instructions uh, for the new land. We learn about how our success is going to depend on God and that we should remember that our fortunes really depend on God and not on ourselves. But we also hear not just about sort of a fearful ability of God to punish reward, we also hear about love. We find out that God loved our ancestors and that we are supposed to love the stranger and, in fact, that we are supposed to love God. And nowhere is this more clear than in chapter 11, verse 13 to 14, which is part of the Shema. And the verse says, If you obey the commandments that I enjoin upon you this day, loving the Lord your God and serving him with all your heart and soul, then 
I will grant rain for your land and season, early rain and late. You shall gather in your new grain and wine and oil. But of course, what happens if you don't listen to God, if you disobey? In verse 17, we find out. The Lord's anger will flare up against you, and he will shut up the sky so that there will be no rain. So there we have it. Yep. So there it is, the transition from do it out of love because God loves you and we want to we want to spread love we want to act out of love like if you don't do it bad things are going to happen and it really feels like wow I could see that with Jack and Shuley like here they've really tried to get kids to do things out of a sense of gratitude appreciation instilling positive values but in a moment, maybe with the challah being ripped up, maybe seeing like the older kids set a terrible example, why didn't they wait, why didn't they think, or any, any number of similar examples, you could lose it. And you could say, I'm going to do this, you're, I'm going to punish you for this. <laughs> now you're going to know, now you're going to see. So I think we, I often see parents trying to navigate this line, you know, when a child says, no, I won't, I, you know, I won't, I won't leave the house. I, I, I want to eat something. I want to treat. That's right. Or I, I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to go in, or the kid doesn't even say, I don't want to go in the stroller. <laughs> they just scream and won't go in the stroller. Right. But from very small children, let's say toddlers all the way through, what's the best way to inculcate the behavior that we think is civilized, godly, loving examples that we want, um, and we want to see happen. That's right. And I think that parents often face this sort of choice between, uh, you know, you see parents negotiating, right? Right. Oh, well, you know, if you get in the stroller, maybe I'll give you a, you know, a, a, an ice pop. Or, or what if we did it in, in 10 minutes? You know, they, they'll, they'll try to negotiate with the child or they take a hard line. You're getting in the stroller now and it's just what's going to happen. I'm telling you. Right. So how do you know when to deploy each of those strategies? Yeah, I think that probably if you can be consistent and be clear in what you want to have happen, you get a better result. Sometimes I see parents who are scared of their kids. They're yes. scared that their kids aren't yeah, going to love them mm. and that if they don't give in, they're going to lose their the affection, the connection, and they're almost... I, I don't want to say bye, but I, I'm saying, you know, bye. They're, these are usually older kids' um, affection, you know, through toys, through treats. through so purchasing affection. Yes, exactly. Right. Wow. Right, right. That seems very think, dangerous. Yeah, and I think it comes out of a real insecurity. Uh-huh. Insecurity that could come from their own child? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh-huh. I mean, I think so much of our parenting comes from how we were raised ourselves, and looking at that and saying, okay, what you know, what do I really feel good about, and what do I want to do differently? You know, I mean, none of us ever do it right. That's why. That's really true. Yeah, and you, then there's a, you know this this whole thing of like, how about in other kinds of systems? I mean, the family system is the core system, but how about other situations where is it love that works or is it fear? You know, in a school system, in a work situation. Yes. You know, do you enforce discipline? through, okay, explanation, this is really the better way to do it, this is how we express the right kinds of or the desired sorts of positive values to each other, or, you know, if you want to get uh, those kids uh, in line or you want to get them to study hard for the test, do you motivate them by fear? 
Right. I'm thinking of the, the famous idea in Machiavelli's The Prince that uh, he said, it's better to be feared than loved. The question is, is that really true? Well, probably it's sort of a lower rung. So it's sort of like Kahneman and Amos Tversky, who got the Nobel Prize for understanding that people are more concerned about loss than gain. This has to do with economics, about losing money than making money. More people will lean towards the conservative uh, keeping what you got than risking to, for the unknown of getting more. So maybe when you're Machiavelli and you're trying to run a country with all sorts of disparate people, with all sorts of disparate backgrounds and belief systems, the fear system seems to work better. But I do think ultimately it's kind of limiting in terms of growth and development on a moral, personal level, on a spiritual level. That makes a lot of sense. Well, how about this? Do you think in order to respect somebody, you need to fear them? Can you respect somebody without fear? It seems intuitive to me that, yes, you could, in fact, respect someone without really fearing them. Maybe maybe just taking it kind of a, a little further, like you definitely, the person that you respect and you want them to care about you and to respect you, you are... You could be fearful about the loss of love, about the Mm. loss of their respect. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be a fear of punishment, of physical deprivation, of physical doom. Right, right. That makes sense. So I'm wondering, Michelle, if one of the drawbacks of the fear approach, both in parenting and in, let's say, a workspace, is that it encourages people to find ways around what you'd like them to do. I think that's really true. I think it encourages people to be secretive. To, to secretly disobey. Yeah. Because if they can figure out a way to get around your that's punishment, right. around the consequences. Because it becomes about avoiding punishment rather than really internalizing the value that you want them to be acting out of. That's exactly right. So as a parent, is there ever a situation when you, in which you think it actually is appropriate to say things like, Why should you do that? Because I said so. I mean, I definitely have done this. Um, And um, I think you could say, you know, I'm older than you. I see the bigger picture. I've had experience. I'm concerned about the consequences. I I think because I said so is probably a bit of a bullying summary of all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could fan that out. I do think parents do need to take charge and Uh say no or these are my concerns, or you can't do this, or I'm not giving you permission, or I'm not funding it, or whatever. But I do think that it's going to go much further if they explain why. So I don't think that acting out of love means that you're not firm. So in trying to sum up a bit, in talking about this profound question of do you teach, lead, instruct people better through love or fear? We used a very local quotidian example of parents trying to inculcate religious values and behavior in their kids. So I think that you need to lead by example. You need to put your heart in and practice what you preach for what really matters. If you want them to make mozi, you better be making mozi too. That's right. And you can't expect the school to teach them to make mozi or brachas. you got to be doing it yourself.
Hello, my name is Max Hollander, producer and editor of Pastoral Parsha. I'm here to let you know that Pastoral Parsha is a part of the Yeshivat Chobbe Torah podcast network. And if you like what you just heard, why don't you check out some of our other shows, like The Joy of Text, in which Rabbi Dov Linzer, Rosh Yeshiva of YCT, and sex therapist Vasheva Marcus discuss topics in Judaism and sexuality. Or check out Igris Moshe, a YCT project by Rabbi Dov Linzer, in which he tries to bring the works of legendary scholar Rav Moshe Feinstein into the modern world. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good Shabbos.